T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Live from Las Vegas, sports talk hot takes, and all of the bangers. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers. Heidi, Ho, Camper, Joes, and Jills, or whatever you like to call yourselves, we really do not care. This is an equal opportunity program that usually is about sports, but mostly other things, because sports sometimes can be boring. But man, do we have a conversation chalked up for you all today, don't we, Adrian? Damn straight. Some would say multiple conversations adding up to two hours of excellence. It's like we do it every day. Some like, Professionally. Some Sometimes. Not sometimes. all the time. Yeah, you were like, how about we mix in another interview because I'm burnt out. I'm like, we've only been back of the grind for a day. Well, you, well, this is kind of like... Lindsay, yeah. to the game. You're back in the game. I'm in it. Yesterday, Dodgers were taking on San Francisco, which meant we were Playmakers Plus. The Plus! But now you're back on these airwaves, so this is kind of your return? Yeah. So you're fresh to go, and I'm dragging. I'm but we, fresh. But we're, we're coming together. Uh, <laughs> you're dragging you what kind? You are. <laughs> no, I've never done that. I've never. Where, where, would you go with Charlie Weasley, or are you going with the, with the Targaryen lineage? You have to pick sides. Neither. I'm, I'm joining the Playmakers side. I'm making my own. We side. got our own dragons. You're damn right we do. Um, we got that dad ass too. Da- you dead dragon a- dad ass. <laughs> Lindsay is in top dragon tip shape. Dad ass. You are in top form. Yeah. I was, what did you say? Top tip shape. Yes. Just making sure. Yeah. You. You're in. You're in rare form. I'm glad you're back. I got the sweatband on, people. The power of of you. The sweatband. The preseason football, oh, our our owner eating I chicken wings. That game last night. Let's go. It's in the game. What the hell's going on out here, Lindsay? Yeah. We played the schedule game. We did. About two months ago. We did. And I said, much to the chagrin of people. What does chagrin mean? I said, great. That listen. Let me we need to find that out soon. I said something that some would say would be. I'm just dancing. Hey. I ain't think about nothing too controversial. Oh. We just dancing. Yeah. We ain't think about nothing too controversial. I said the Raiders would go undefeated this season. Oh dear, that's right. <laughs> well, oh. you're not wrong. I don't think I'm wrong either because I didn't even bother picking the preseason sketch. The sketch. Chagrin, spelled C H A G R N. No D in there? No D. The D is silent. For some. Yeah. It was a, it was a, quote, it was a movie quote. Uh, quoted from the freedictionary.com. A keen feeling of mental unease as of annoyance or embarrassment caused by failure, disappointment, or a disconcerting event. Yes, welcome to the Playmakers. Damn right. 
disconcerting is a great way to describe ourselves. What does that mean? It's a great question. Should we look it up anymore? <laughs> disconcerting. <laughs> words. So we so, causing one to feel unsettled. Okay. Yes. So hold on. Correct. You could say, much to the chagrin of the Jaguars, the Raiders showed up yesterday. And then you could also say, disconcerting is the word. Yes. It was very disconcerting for Jaguars fans, the performance they put up against our Las Vegas Raiders. Dougie P pooped his pants. I saw it. We did another spelling bee and I was successful. Let's go. I can't spell either one of those. Freaking fire on this Friday. And we didn't even mean to do that alliteration. Just a couple minutes. We're going to talk about living with abundance and how I don't think I can do so. A couple minutes away are. Awesome chat with John Heyman, Odyssey insider of the baseball ilk about the Major League Baseball trade deadline, the Padres-Dodgers series that's kicking off tonight. I think they play each other like 20 times in the next two months. I'm here. Something like that. I, they already had beef Maybe before this. Maybe it was 12. This. I wrote this down. It's either 12 or 20. Both start with a T. Well, it's probably 12 because I think every division rivals, they play up to 18 or 19 that times. That math makes sense to me and not much does. So if they have four more series against each other until we head into October, I'm here for it. Lindsay, they hated each other mm-hmm. before all of this happened. Correct. And now you get more all-stars. This is going to be a ma- I'm, The lawyers I'm, in the custody by- battle are going to be absolutely pumped. Lindsay, I'm being reeled in. Yeah, are Baseball. you? Yeah, you're, Baseball. Yeah, you're hooked. You're hooked. Americana. Yeah, and here I am just like, yeah, the baseballs. Here we are. You know, why don't we focus on something a little more positive like the Michigan hockey program, that be the men's program, because if you're looking for a women's one, they don't have one. And you wonder why, but then when you fe- uh, you realize you look under the hood of ho- of hockey culture and specifically what's going on in Michigan, we are going to take a gander at uh, the situation that has culminated with the firing of head coach Mel Pearson just earlier today. As I said, just the happiest of news, uh, but not a surprise. Footies of football to so get more into uh, the Raiders talk and you know why Matt Stafford's elbow has a boo boo and uh, Chamber of Chaos as we do on Fridays. It's been a minute. Are you excited? It's been 21 days. I think you've done three straight deep dives without any sort of uh, retaliation. I think that's the word. (laughs) Retaliation. Retaliation. I just, you know, sometimes I want want attention on me, so we'll get to do that. Uh, We do it. I'm glad for that. Yep, and then we'll look back at it to finish out our program. What a stack. But also... Including a stack of tickets you got already. Yes. Uh, coming up here in a few minutes before we go to commercial break, we're going to hook you up. The IFL National Championship is happening next Saturday, August 13th. We got the family four pack, so you can go see who is going to become crowned. Or I, I said that wrong. Look, you're going to find out who's going to be crowned the 13th ever national champion in the IFL. We'll get you inside the Dollar Loan Center. Once again, that game's August 13th, and we got family four packs coming up here in a few minutes. And if you're nice, we got another set of family four packs coming up in the four o'clock hour as well. We like nice people, but we like kind people better. Nice is very people pleasing versus kindness. I feel like comes from within just to put out good energy, maybe not in hopes that it's going to come back, but just to put out good energy. It's so it's, it's more natural instead of having to do that. Yes. One could say it's more intrinsic versus extrinsic. 
oh. kindness versus niceness. And this is where our, our conversation is going to lead because I don't want to talk about the Raiders yet. We got we got some time. I got to really pour over my my two bullet pointed note card over here of all of the the information I was able to glean from the game last night. <laughs> it's two sentences. It's literally not Does even that just not say even Raiders two victory? compounds. It's not even a full sentence. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's it's participles. That's what we're working with. But we need to talk about motivation extrinsic versus intrinsic and and living with abundance because I'm not quite sure what's wrong with me I mean I know a lot of things are a little bit off but lately I've been noticing I'm having trouble motivating myself and and pushing through things I don't want to do but should and should is kind of a dirty word people at least in my dictionary why is that because then I'm like if you're if you're holding yourself accountable to the should it's never going to be good enough. It comes from a place of, I, I think, of hyper perfectionism, and and therefore, um, the the thought that I myself am, am imperfect and need to strive for that. You know what I mean? I, I should be well, doing this. I shouldn't be doing that. And but what's the should? Comparison to what? Why are we comparing? Okay, now okay, now I get what you're saying. Yeah. To me, it's kind of like. I guess I see it as I should go to work. Why? Because if I don't go to work, I get fired. Correct. If I don't, that, that's, Correct. But you're, you're viewing it from a different viewpoint of I should be doing this, that, and the third because I need to keep up with the Joneses. Well, right. And and when it comes to like making decisions in my head, I mean, everything's granular and manual for me. That's why it takes me so long to just do anything because I do have to sometimes go through that conversation within myself. Why do I have to go to work today? Because you have to pay your bills. Well, I can take a day off. No, you can't because you just took a couple off anyways. You can't do that. Plus, you want to save that for down the road. Okay, now that math and logic makes sense to me. Sometimes those problems keep popping back up or my brain gets like extra on trying to control things. And so it just looks for these little mini decisions. And then when I can't make them, then we just go, well, we can't do anything. Let's just sit in our chair. And so I I went to tennis this morning, or at least I attempted to go to tennis this morning. I drove to the facility I haven't put one shoe on. Did I go play? No, I did not. But you pulled up. You were in the parking lot. I pulled up and then I left because all of a sudden I didn't feel like doing it anymore. I didn't feel like this is what I wanted to do with my time. And this happens a lot to me, actually. And I'm not sure if it's because of like burnout or if it's because of like I'm unmasking my life as I'm kind of like going through the layers of all the people I think that I am instead of the person that I actually am because that's what just kind of what happens to people like me. And that's where I get into this intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. If you didn't pay attention in psychology class, extrinsic motivation is motivated to perform an activity uh, to earn a reward or avoid punishment. Intrinsic motivation is motivated to perform an activity for its own sake and personal rewards. Over the course of my life, I would say that I was mostly driven by an intrinsic motivation to say that I am good, that I am doing what needs to be done, but also to show how good I can be, to be rewarded as a hockey player, as a tennis player, as a student, as a golfer, like all of these things. Like, why are you doing the things that you're doing? Is it is it to confirm something within yourself or is it to show something for other people or, again, avoid punishment or seek reward? And so that's where I'm kind of struggling right now because I'm like, I need to work out. Like this last month has gotten away from me and it's not just because of the box of the gushers. I mean, that's certainly like an indicator of where I am because you know me, I'm a very disciplined person, right? Yes. But you're raising your hand now. I feel well, like I, we're going a different direction. No, no, no. I don't want to go in a different direction. I just kind of want to, 
I, I feel like a therapist right here. I just want welcome to, to time, the playmakers. Time out, real quick on everything. Yeah. On one end, yeah. There's been a lot of stuff going, happening with, with your family and in your personal life. Correct. On the other end, we are in the dog days of summer, where we finally, finally had some sort of football involving a whole bunch of dudes on the screen in the third and fourth quarter that only five percent of the audience knew that was on the field. Correct. College football's coming. We just have been stuck with who's going to join the Live Tour and baseball for for most of this past month. Right. So I kind of want to be like, don't beat yourself up. I know. And the I, I trust coming. me, I've, I've looped that into my brain several times when I've gone through this particular thought carousel of just being like, Lindsay, this is what your off season is. Like hockey only ended about a month ago. And so even though the Golden Knights season has been long over before that, like you've really just unplugged the last month. And when it comes to me plugging in, quote unquote, like that becomes the priority in my life. Like we talk all the time about when Tom Brady retired and we're saying, well, maybe he he wanted to unretire because he realized how many practices he was going to have to drop his kids off at and how all of a sudden this this power, I got to do football stuff, I got to prep, I got to watch tape, like this ultimate excuse computer because it's the biggest thing in your life is finally gone. And I kind of treated, you know, hockey season and the main sports season as that. So I would just expect myself to like, get a little bit more on track than what I what I have been. And as you mentioned, I've had some big time stuff go on with my family. And like I, I'm not trying to discount that and my potential reactions to that in real time. But when it's a pattern of behavior that has existed before that, that's where I, I look to like constantly tear down my own BS and build up a more fortified tower until I realize that that tower was also BS and then I tear that one down because you're just like an ongoing project. And that's where I go back and forth on this on this spectrum within myself of being like, well, why do I want to do this? Why do I want to play tennis? Well, I want to play tennis because I'm healthy, but I also want to play tennis because I need to stay fit, because I need to do X, because I need to do Z, because I like the way that this feels and all this other stuff. But then again, how much of that is encroaching on that should territory, right? Yeah. And as someone, like I said, who's constantly reevaluating and making sure what I'm doing is something that A, I want to do and B, I want to do for myself because there's plenty of things that I have to unpack of like, oh, I want to do this. Why? Well, because my ego or, or trauma history or whatever tells me so, right? And so sometimes I think about, well, am I just breaking out of that kind of scarcity mentality, that that gasoline, that never good enough motor that so many of us rely upon, especially those in like um, in high-end sports and, and, and high-end athletes because you have to find a way to transcend your own BS every single damn day. And it's easy to do that when you got other teammates there doing the same thing, when you got coach saying, well, if you don't make this time, you're going to have to do more conditioning or whatever, or this is what we need to get the results we want in the games. Like That's all extrinsic motivation. And that's been something I've struggled with since I've ended hockey, just in general, in my everyday life. But that's when I started looking at the interest. I'm like, so why am I doing these things? Why am I finding such a friction point? And I haven't quite figured it out quite yet. But what I have figured out is the process that I go through it, that I drive there. I used to just like turn around halfway through. If I was having doubts, now I get all the way there. And now what I've done, at least I started doing today, is that there are always things that I'm avoiding, be that opening mail, going to the grocery store. Like those are the little things that really hang me up. 
And so in the moments where I'm saying to myself, I don't want to play tennis, well, why is that? Is it because I'm, I'm feeling tired or is it because I want my, my brain wants something more or a bigger dopamine hit than this? Say, all right, well, Lindsay, you can play tennis or you can go to the grocery store. One of them has to get done. And if I, if I say I want to go to the grocery store, well, then clearly I don't want to play tennis today. And I validate that because I found, I found that the more you invalidate your wants or needs, whether they come up because you want them to or, or they come up just because that's who you are, the more you push them away, the bigger problems it causes for yourself and the further distance it puts between your true self and how you act and just validate yourself in everyday life. Does that make sense? It, it does, and it kind of... I'm just talking in circles. One no, of the no, two. No, no, no. It, it makes sense. I just, I don't, right now, with where I'm at... I bet it's completely different. For example, I feel like I'm one of the... I was on the field for the Raiders in the third and fourth quarter trying to earn a spot, trying to prove myself to coach, yep. trying to stay on that 53-man roster of just trying to find those motivations. And also, it's just, there's peaks and valleys, yeah. Of everything, and whether that's sports or with life. So it, it, t- trying to take everything in stride and just knowing that there's greener pastures and just kind of mapping out everything where it's difficult to talk about sports. Yet, listen, you were Lindsay, the week that you were gone, every radio station in the country was talking, sports radio station, was talking about Madden ratings yeah. because this is all we had. Right. So I kind of like, I just want to like, don't beat yourself up for feeling like that. And it's just one of those things. And also credit to you, you sometimes you do have to go there. And once you're there, right. ultimately that's where, that's something I learned from you because I've had that a couple times at the gym of like before I just stay home and be like, no, nah, this couch is actually pretty comfortable. Right. I was like, let me get my ass and let Give me at least be there. Give yourself every chance to say yes. Exactly. Yep. It's that hard would, to that, do. That's what, that's what my advice would be. Um I wish I wish I do. Can I can I call my therapist? You want me to call my therapist? Maybe because I mean I feel like everybody's kind of doing that. Whoever can afford the therapy, then everybody kind of lumps their own problems in, and then we trickle it back down. It's trickle down economics, but for feelings, right? Yeah, I'm a, Joan. Joan is an avid listener. She Joan, joins, so we she can talk does. to. Her. I don't oh, know if I'm allowed to. Well, well, did I just break some? I don't think so. But Joan, we're a huge fan, and uh, hopefully you can give us some insight on what's going on because uh, I don't feel great. I don't feel like that I'm enough. But that's kind of the constant. Everybody has their their life friction that they have to confront every day, and that's mine. As I try to be a good teammate, is there anything that I can do? No, I think it's just a me problem. But what we could do to kind of just bring everybody back into the fold is probably give away some tickets. Because if I'm going to go off on a, on a diatribe such as this, the least we could do is give some stuff away for free. Let's do it. The IFL National Championship is happening Saturday, August 13th. And right now, your chance for a family four-pack of tickets It'll be the 13th ever IFL champion going down at the new Dollar Loan Center in Henderson. Be caller 10 right now to win that family four-pack at 702-889-5978. Again, the IFL National Championship, August 13th at the Dollar Loan Center. Be caller 10 right now, 702-889-5978. Good luck from the Playmakers and 1140 The Bet. Call right now. On the way on the other side, though, John Heyman. 1140 The Bet. Bringing the sneaky beavers back to the yard. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez. The Playmakers.
exclusively on 1140 The Bet. It is a huge weekend for the Dodgers as they face the revamped Padres. Three-game set starts tonight. Coverage begins here on 1140 The Bet at 6 p.m. And here to help us navigate everything in that series and the trade deadline is Odyssey MLB insider John Heyman. Insider calls are brought to you by Driveway.com. Looking for a car? Go to Driveway.com where you can get pre-qualified, buy a car, and get it delivered. Welcome back to the program, John. It has been too long, but this seismic week and the MLB trade deadline, there's nobody better to enlist than you to break all of this down. But before we get into the Padres and the Dodgers, I got to ask you about pretty much the beacon of consistency in this uh, year's season. Before the season started, Aaron Judge decided to bet on himself contract-wise, is now flirting with the single-season home run record. Where does this rank in your calling-your-own-shot pantheon, and how disastrous would it be for the Yankees' brand and organization if he were to wear any other uniform? besides the pinstripes yeah i guess the calling your own shot i mean that makes me think of babe ruth in the world series against the cubs but uh, great job by judge certainly bet on himself and he's won big i mean there's no question about it Uh, at this point in my mind he's clearly the mvp in the american league and uh, he's in the driver's seat in terms of negotiation what he asked for uh, before uh, i'm sure the yankees will have to pay that and probably more. So uh, he was looking to be in that range right there with uh, Garrett Cole and Trout and Doan, that 35 to $37 million a year range. And uh, I think he's proven that he's worth every bit of that, and he may get even more than that. So uh, good for him. Well, if anything, the legend continues to grow, and we know that New York loves a narrative, but uh, the narrative has shifted in the NL West, or at least it's it's seeming to be the Padres make a big splash with the Juan Soto trade, uh, but the Nationals get a big haul for him and Josh Bell back. We know what the timeline for the Padres is in terms of their urgency. It is time to win now, but where does this leave the Nationals in their timeline? They're only a few seasons removed from the title. I mean, is this milk it and slow rebuild until you have a core worth supplementing again? Yeah, I mean, I think the Nats did well. I mean, they got a haul of prospects, so they're in good shape um, for the future. Not this year, not next year, but, I mean, Robert Hassel is going to be a great hitter. Uh, James Wood is going to be, I don't know if he's going to be the next McCovey like they think, but he's going to be awfully good. Um, I like Mackenzie Gore, could be an ace. Um, I thought they did great. I really did. I thought the Nats did great, uh, but obviously the Padres were the big winner. Uh, this trade deadline season. And John, I, I don't want to be negative because I applaud the Padres for really going after it. And of course, going up against the Goliaths, that is the Dodgers and all the talent on LA. But for the Padres, are they really going to re-sign Juan Soto and, and put him with Tatis and Machado? Because I can't imagine that they're going to keep that core. That is mighty expensive for a quote-unquote small market team. Well, we couldn't imagine that they were going to sign Eric Hosmer, if you remember, even at $140 million. Then we couldn't imagine that they were going to sign Manny Machado. Then they went and signed Tatis for $341 million. Now they've obtained Soto. So I, I'm never betting against them. You would think it's out of their price range, um, particularly after he turned down the $440 million. But, uh, you know... They obviously want to win. They're putting winning first. I wish every organization did that. I applaud them. I think it's terrific. Yeah, it's always good to see teams bet on themselves as well as players, but there's so many teams that are kind of in the mix right now. We still have quite a bit of season left, but not that much. So your thoughts on the Red Hot AL West, or not AL West, just the AL Wild Card race, because even the Red Sox, who get beat up at least a couple times a week, seem to be hanging around with the rest of that division. (laughs) Well, Baltimore uh, 
decided to sell, uh, they're kind of on the cusp of the race. So, you know, I, I wouldn't bet on them at this moment. Um, you know, I get it. It's a small market team. Their ownership is fighting with each other. Boston, uh, too many injury questions, I think. Uh, they've had a rough season compared to what we thought from them. You know, I mean, it's Seattle's uh, to, to win at this point, I think. I mean, they haven't been in the playoffs for two decades. That's not easy to do when you're a big market team, or at least a high-revenue team, uh, to not make the playoffs for two straight decades. You wonder what goes on there. You would think that they will grab that final spot, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think anybody's made any money betting on the Mariners in the last uh, 20 years. So we shall see. Unpredictable, but you would think Seattle is in good position. Odyssey MLB insider John Heyman joining us here on the Playmakers. And John, uh, the most baffling team to do either nothing or minimal moves out of these four teams, the White Sox, the Rays, the Mets, or the Guardians? Well, the Mets did some stuff. Well, I, I didn't applaud them at, uh, at the New York Post. I, I took kind of took them to task. I'm kind of feeling uh, maybe bad right now with Naquin hitting two home runs yesterday. You know, they did get a, a platoon at the DH, adding uh, Vogelbach and Ruff. They added Givens. So I, I wouldn't say uh, the Mets. Um, you know, I, I kind of think maybe it's the White Sox, so they don't have a lot of prospects left to trade. Uh, it's been a rough year there. They're hanging around the race only because they're in a very, very weak division. Thought that maybe they would try to take advantage. The Twins ended up trading for three pitchers. So uh, I give them credit. They got Maley, who I think is really good, underrated with the, from the Reds, uh, Jorge Lopez, uh, Fulmer. So I think compared to what their main competitor did, I, I think the White Sox really were a loser. But the thing is, uh, John, is that the AL Central is kind of like the NFC East where somebody has to win it, I guess. And I'm a Twins fan, and I know everybody's excited about going to get some pitchers, but we know what happens in the first round of the playoffs, especially when they play against the Yankees. And I'm just like, well, even if they do end up playing a wild card team, in many ways that wild card team could probably be stronger than what the Twins are this this year and what they've had to face on a consistent basis. Well, that may be the case, but uh, you never know what can happen. I mean, if they're playing the Yankees, I think we know what's going to happen. But no wins. Uh, you know, I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm not going to count them out against somebody else. It it does feel like the Yankees have their number, whether it's psychological or what. But they'll be playing somebody else in that first round. So, um, you know, I'm not going to count them out. I like what they did. They have very good lineup, and uh, they needed to improve their pitching, and they did that. So I, I applaud them. Which uh, NL division leading team do you think is most vulnerable at this juncture? We know that the Cardinals are locked in that battle with the Brewers, but, you know, the Dodgers now have a lot more competition, but plenty of room to breathe in terms of the divisional lead. But the Mets, you've already mentioned as well. Who do you think is most vulnerable in terms of that long-term postseason success this year that we're all looking for? Well, I'd say vulnerable might be the Brewers. At this point, they're now tied for first, and they had been in front, and they had a rough trade deadline that traded Hader. I mean, I think everyone in the clubhouse was not too pleased about that. To be in first place and and trade perhaps the best closer in the game, that certainly doesn't lift the spirits of the guys in the clubhouse. And he's looked good with San Diego so far. Meanwhile, they've lost two games out of the bullpen since they traded Hader. Um, You know, I, I understood that trade to some degree. What I didn't understand from them is how they didn't really add any offense. They did get Ruiz, a young potential center fielder, in that deal, maybe he will provide a little bit of offense, but 
I thought they needed a proven bat. A lot of the proven bats came out of that central. Maybe they didn't want to trade with the Brewers. I don't know. I mean, Happ was not traded. Contreras was not traded. Drury, another guy went to the Padres. I mean, he, he's like the fourth guy who went to the Padres. You know, who, Brewers really did very little. Um, like I said, I'm not going to kill them on the hater deal if they had done something else to counterbalance it, but uh, I think that's a real downer for the team, and I think it's showing so far. No faith in Devin Williams, though, for the Brewers? Yeah, I mean, I think he's a good pitcher, um, but he's great as a setup man. You know, you you now have him as, I mean, I guess he's probably the co-closer with Rodgers. Still not a bad back end of the bullpen, but they had the best back end in baseball, and they gave it away. Uh, and that's true. John Heyman joining us here on the Playmakers, and since we are home, of the Dodgers here in Las Vegas. Uh, I kind of want to talk about what the Dodgers did. Uh, they took a flyer on Joey Gallo, low-risk, high-reward situation. Chris Taylor, Dustin May are expected to come back from injuries. Obviously not as flashy as the Padres and other teams for this trade deadline. But what do you think of the Dodgers with what they did in the trade deadline and how they're looking as we head towards October? Well, I like the way you put that, but you know, I could say that uh, the Padres got arguably the best player in the game and the Dodgers got arguably the worst player in the game. So, you know, maybe that wasn't as positive as the way you put it. But, you know, we just saw him in New York, and I don't know what happened. Uh, It just appears like he was one of those guys who never adjusted, was in New York for a little more than a year and hit around 160 in that period. I think it might be a little bit lower than that, but in that area, and uh, just did not adjust to New York. I do think he'll be better elsewhere. I thought he walked through it nice spots kind of the opposite of new york la still a lot of pressure we shall see he does have talent obviously two-time all-star two-time gold glove winner multiple time 30 home run guy so he doesn't have it in him and uh, probably worth a flyer um i like the way you put that low risk low was low risk high reward i don't know we'll see if that reward comes in though I don't know. We're all about positive spin of the uh, unexplainable here of the playmakers. That was very positive. But yeah. they don't. They. But to be fair, John, like they, I, I'm I'm assuming the Dodgers front office is looking at all the players that are going to come back from injuries as they head into October as some of the trades. Like these are the additions to the roster, right? Yeah, I mean they have a lot of players coming back. Bueller potentially, May Taylor. Uh, and the players they have are performing fantastically. They have a terrific team. They have a great system, um, you know, arguably the best organization in baseball. They're fantastic. I mean, I was just talking about what they did at the deadline, which was, you know, watch their competitor get, you know, three outstanding hitters and a great closer, and they added a guy who was hitting 160. So at the deadline, it wasn't all – you know, roses for them, but they are probably the best team in the game. They've played like it, and they have a lot of great players coming back. So, I mean, they're obviously in great shape. I'm just, I was just talking about the deadline, and, you know, you're not going to be what the Padres did. I mean, no. the Padres improved uh, immeasurably. Yeah, well, at least we have the embarrassment of riches that is uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. But speaking of just like straight up embarrassment, the Angels hit seven solo home runs last night and still uh, lost to the Athletics. I feel like it's bad news bears. Even their positive headlines have a negative lining. Trout is out for long term, and Otani is hitting multiple home runs a night after cramping the night before. But are the Angels best plays for him? I know that trade uh, rumors certainly quelled down, but where's the best fit for this man of many talents? Yeah, well, I guess we're going to find out uh, maybe at the next trade deadline. Um, 
you know, certainly seemed noncommittal about staying with the Angels. Um, you know, they couldn't pull the trigger this time. It's very difficult. Trout is out. Rendon is out. Easy for me and rivals to say they should have traded him, but, you know, it's difficult. If you're the owner, you've got a, a draw, a guy who's, you know, everybody's got their eyes on. It keeps things exciting. Your other two stars are out. Um, I get it. I'm not I'm not going to kill him. Uh, I understand they're in a tough spot, but his comments kind of suggested, like, maybe he's going to play it out as a free agent. I'm just reading between the lines. Don't know. He didn't say that specifically, but, you know, they haven't been able to win there. And certainly with him making $5 million now and probably worth $50 million a year, and them always staying under the luxury tax threshold, um, you know, it's going to be even more difficult for them to win. And I'm assuming that he probably wants to win. So, you know, they probably have him for another, you know, year and plus, and probably that's it. But enjoy him while he's there. <laughs> Damn right. Uh, John, we were lucky enough um, to speak with Tim Neverett, who was actually on the call for the Dodgers with Rick Monday as the news came out. Of course, not only the trade deadline this week, but baseball lost a legend in Vince Scully. Uh, and everyone seems to have a memory. And, of course, with your history in the game and covering it for so long, uh, I'm curious for you, what's the one memory that sticks out in terms of Vince Scully? Yeah, first of all, I'll say, I mean, he's the greatest baseball broadcaster of all time. I can't imagine anyone ever matching him, topping him 67 years, just a fabulous entertainer, did it all by himself on the Dodger broadcast, and uh, had a great story about everyone. Um, knew how to set the moment and make things exciting every single game. Um, just the best, the best who ever lived, uh, no question about it. For me, um, you know, he's a gentleman. Um, I had a couple occasions to meet him. Uh, the most recent time was a few years ago. I was meeting with Dennis Gilbert, his agent, coincidentally, just a, a guy that I know who was an agent of players for many, many years. Uh, for breakfast in Beverly Hills, and uh, we ran late. And the next appointment was with Ben Scully, and uh, Ben Scully came in, and uh, my daughter and I were meeting with Dennis or having a bagel with him in Beverly Hills, and, uh, you know, he could not have been nicer to both me and to my daughter, uh, just a terrific, terrific gentleman. Uh, you know, not every legend is like that. He, he treated everybody uh, very nicely and just a classy guy beyond being the greatest broadcast baseball broadcaster of all time inarguably the greatest yeah some legends are just better in person but i'm happy that we were able to get you on the phone today john thank you so much for taking time to chat with us we appreciate your insight especially as we ramp up postseason baseball talk here on 1140 the bet something that we're very used to as the radio home of the dodgers here in the valley be well and stay hydrated my friend T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. 
You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Sports with a Z. Adrian Hernandez and Lindsey Brown. The Playmakers. Exclusively on 1140 The Bet. We have another example of the cost of success or greatness or the definition of that. Because I really don't think you can call yourself a success when you're willing to pay the price in so many different humanistic ways. Michigan hockey, University of Michigan hockey. We're not the biggest fans of that at university in particular, Adrian. No, thank you. Uh, I I would make the distinction between the men's and women's hockey program, but I would uh, also like to say that that the Michigan doesn't field a varsity women's hockey team. And uh, while that was probably the prerogative of the last head coach before the one that we're about to talk to uh, here, kind of makes sense given the environment around that university, why there isn't one, and and why there seems to be uh, a gap of respect. Head coach of the Michigan Wolverines, Mel Pearson, been there for a few years, led the Wolverines to the Frozen Four this past season. Last year set a record, at least the program did, uh, from an NHL draft perspective. Record number of first-round picks, including – let me go to the last page of this article here just so I make sure I get the numbers right. Um, Michigan commits were picked in the first round of the 2022 draft, two of them plus three of the first five picks. It has never been done before. Um, and uh, his contract had just run out. But they have decided to part ways with Mr. Pearson because he has been accused of an anonymous or anonymous survey uh, of, of the University of Michigan men's hockey program players and staff. It's pretty common for people to have to fill out these surveys after their, their college classes get done, let alone after their hockey season ends. And he is accused of telling players to provide false information on COVID contract tracing forms, of misleading recruits about how much scholarship money they would receive, and of allegedly calling a pl- one player a Jew. Uh, also, Pearson displayed an inability or unwillingness to hold a team's director of hockey operations accountable for conduct that included the mistreatment of female staff members, according to a separate investigative report. That report was commissioned by the law firm Wilmer Hale, and they basically went they didn't do a full cultural review of the program, but they looked into what happened uh, after that season, that 2021 season ended, because they had their team captain and starting goaltender leave the program. That's always a good sign, well, right? Well, it's always a good sign. We, we dug into that a little bit. We heard that there were some conversations had between coach and player, and player was saying, hey, 
this culture is kind of toxic. You're berating people. You're making people stick out. I mean, 30% or, or higher in terms of the numbers of players that responded to the survey. Let me look. 31.3% indicated they personally experienced offensive, intimidating, discriminatory, or harassing conduct. And 37.5% indicated that they observed that type of conduct directed towards a person or a group within Michigan's hockey program. Summary states that 34 people participated in the survey. And overall, more survey responses described the culture negatively than positively. I'm reading this art, a lot of this information from Katie Strang, who's one of the best writers in the business, but she writes for The Athletic right now, uh, especially about like these these stories behind sports and, and, and behind all the success behind the programs. Because when we have a, a program in the University of Michigan that has found so much success as of late, that is pumping out or at least acting as, as a conduit between young junior players and professional players, or at least their professional dreams, and they find the success that they did, usually this stuff doesn't come to light, especially when we're talking about hockey, especially when we're talking about like USA hockey and the national team development program, because we all know about just Team USA and how transparent they've been, especially about just doctors surrounding the Michigan state. That's where Larry Nasser was at, same state, same bit. Um, but these things usually take a while to trickle out. And so I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of enthused in a way that these players were this honest in this survey and that the University of Michigan has taken action to rectify this situation. Because when you have people that act in a way, i got to find this quote again here. It's, one, it's I think, the, the best one out of the whole thing. Because there was um, several players and, and personnel that all kind of reported on the coach and saying, hey, He's fostering this environment. He's not rooting out problems from the environment because he, Coach Pearson, wasn't technically the one that was uh, the the discrimination and mistreatment, at least the gender-based. That was uh, uh, the director of um, hockey operations. But it all trickles down. Yep, it absolutely all trickles down. And when you have a culture without accountability, you have a culture of complicity. That's what it is. That's okay by me because I'm not I'm not rooting it out. Equipment manager Ian Hume tone, told investigators he witnessed Bancroft, that's the director of, of hockey operations, mistreat other staff members, including but not limited to women. Hume believed that the treatment was not based on gender, but instead directed at staff members that Bancroft views as less significant than he is. Christy McNeil, an associate director of external relations, told investigators that Pearson and Bancroft discriminated against her because of her gender, belittling her, preventing her from entering the hockey locker room, and excluding her from team activities and meals. McNeil was declined to comment when reached by the athletic, but Hume said on Monday, I don't think Mel is anti-female, but the thing that bothered me is that Bancroft was allowed to be a bully, especially to female staff. I just thought it wasn't right. If that isn't the textbook definition... Of complicity, I don't know what is. Right? 100% right. And that, and that's the line. Hume believed that the treatment was not necessarily based on gender, but instead directed at staff members that Bancroft views as less significant than he is. So it's not necessarily that only women. It's just that he puts women in that category and some other players and other people. Um, and I, I just, this is hockey. This is This is hockey culture. This is... This is what we're railing against and why, like, personally me, like, I, I spent a lot of time reflecting on where I come from and, and, the, and the sport and the locker rooms and the people that raised me and what 
I didn't notice or what I kind of was complicit in myself. Because you didn't know any better, like you I just wouldn't said, know you were any better, in. and and there's and there's the the fear. Like a lot of these players didn't want to participate in interviews with the school because when they gave the survey back, they're like, "We're afraid of retaliation," because clearly, Rightfully why so, wouldn't though. they? Because they're starting netminder and captain of the team after having several meetings with the head coach to talk about the toxic culture and how he thought it needed to be changed. Well, all of a sudden, he's just not part of the program anymore. Coincidentally, of course. And like you said, the leader. That's the leader, not me on the bench as a freshman, as a sophomore. Correct. Trying to get into the program. Correct. But as I said, I'm slightly enthused by the fact that, first of all, an investigation was conducted because, first of all, there's not a lot of institutions that are willing to say, let's take a deeper look at our warts, shall we? And then there's the honesty from the players themselves. And then there's the people that put themselves and, and their careers on the line, like uh, the, the starting netminder, like the uh, woman who was part of the staff there that we, that we quoted just a minute before, like other scouting people that are involved in this organization. They take a huge risk by saying, this is not okay. And if nobody is there to answer the bell, they just suffer the consequences without any sort of rectification or restitution that needs to be paid in these instances. There are so many stories just like this one that will never be told, that will never be reported. But now like this, now that this one has, now what we're seeing coming out of Hockey Canada and all the cover-ups that they've been uh, participating in and that, and that hush money fund that they've had, there is going to be the next year. You thought the reckoning was here last year for the for the sport of hockey. Let me tell you about something else that's coming around the bend. And it could not come at a better time. The sport needs it. It's so privileged. It is so sheltered. And it's not for everyone until everybody feels comfortable. So at Damn least we right. took a step in the right direction today, people. Whole another hour of the Playmakers on the way. 11.40 the bet. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.